Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. When we moved in together, sharing a closet was charming. I took up more of it than you did, pushing your dress shirts into the back corner. I folded our towels together, mixed up our pillowcases, smelled the salty sunscreen on our favorite beach blanket. Sometimes you'd find me in there, standing in my underwear, taking my time getting dressed, and you'd keep me in there, late to work. Your hangers were all white and clear, but mine were a bright-colored mess. Some were from my closet growing up, from my first dorm room, mostly plastic, some wood, some just meant for skirts. But after a year in our apartment, the hangers started to mix. I stole your clear hangers with the little strap hooks, or I'd find one of my burnt mustard ones under your green flannel. With every load of laundry, we weaved our lives closer together. And every time I reached for one of your hangers, I'd look at you like, are you sure about this? This is YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. We haven't talked about my personal life here, but longtime listeners know me talking about my life, this used to be a big part of the show. That was three years ago when I started this podcast as a volunteer at a community radio station, this wonderful place called WFMU. Back then, I was so single. It was all I could talk about. Who will love Andrea? Isn't that what her show is about? Not really, no. Who will love me? No, isn't that, isn't no. that the name of her show? Why do you ask her when she gets here? That's really insulting. <laughs> Why? <laughs> her show is not Who Will Love Me? <laughs> Reducing it to this pathetic thing. <laughs> Those are my fellow DJs, Ken and Andy. They're teasing, but they were also right. But then, after I started this podcast everything changed. I was invited on an NPR show called Planet Money to get dating advice from an economist. It was this guy, Tim Harford. Our next guest, Tim, we brought in in person because she's got some some things to show you. Uh, Introduce yourself, Andrea. My name's Andrea Salenzi, and I'm the host of a dating podcast called Why a Why. Hi, Andrea. Very nice to meet you. So what can I do for you? I told him I wanted to find a better way to date, that I was sick of wasting a Thursday. 
that what you really need to be doing is finding out a way to have a date-like experience before you have the date. Because the date-like experience is is what you really need. You don't need to look at a thousand guys online. What you need to do is have five almost dates to save on the actual date, which is the really scarce resource. Is there anything that can like simulate a date or at least a, a real conversation? And then we got this idea. The next time I matched with a guy on Tinder, the plan was to ask him to go on a Skype date with me. Wouldn't it be interesting to find the guys who would actually accede to that request? Hey. Hi. Hold on a second. This is so weird. Yeah, it's your idea. <laughs> no, it's an economist idea, but it was my idea to take dating advice from an economist. <laughs> so I kind of screwed this up. So that's Mike, who became my boyfriend. The first conversation we ever had was recorded for the show. I even put sentimental music under it. That's how you know I like him. Um, I feel like I owe you a drink. <laughs> Can I take you out in real life? Sure. Really? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, I would love to meet you and like actually like I couldn't hear a lot of what you were saying, um, so I was like kind of just like maybe not actually answering your questions. Our first real date was to a dive bar. I went home with him, and that night he asked if it would bother me if he kept a light on. He was about to finish his book. I remember falling asleep to the sound of a page turning, knowing that this was unlike anything. Before Mike, I'd never been able to imagine a future with anyone. Or if I did, it looked like a cutaway on the TV show 30 Rock, where this future is somehow an exaggerated caricature of reality. With Mike, the future looked better than anything I'd ever pictured for myself. I didn't think I deserved it. The night we first said I love you, it became an essay I read on the podcast. I don't need the New York Times to fall in love with you. I love you. And one time on the way home from a road trip, we pretended to have a fight for the show. I'm right. not saying like we have to do this. I'm well, just saying it's like it... a good idea that right. we should talk about. Yeah. Soon listeners were tweeting me and writing reviews. And some were saying that the show wasn't as good now that Andrea has a boyfriend. But you see, my personal life wasn't mine anymore. Mike and I were moving in together. And there are less stories to call from domestic bliss than from my single angst. I was happy my life was becoming boring. And unless the show wanted to be about recipes for my slow cooker, it was time to turn the focus. That's why when YOY came to Panoply, I thought that personal storytelling would stay in my past. Remember episode one, the single straight guy focus group? While I was recording it, I remember all the guys kind of looking at me like, what's your deal? My deal was that I was happy to never check Tinder again. I was ready to ask who will love them, not who will love me. The breakup only took 10 minutes. You said, how does a relationship work if you know it's going to end? I said, but what if you change your mind? We'd been having the conversation in different ways for a while, but never this calm. I noticed your fly was down. I patted your knee like a chum. We're not going to make it, are we? Suddenly, we felt like buddies. 
I went into the next room to try to find a new apartment. I emailed a broker, seeking a dog-friendly room to cry in. Crossed out, room to cry in. Wrote in, studio. You came into the study to check on me, and finally noticed your fly. You said, has it been this way the whole time? We were both too sad to laugh. A rash spread around my neck. The movers came. I hugged you in the morning, your body suddenly stiff like an ironing board. I still keep a list on my phone of all the stuff I want to tell you about. Mike and I broke up a week into starting this show. Here to help me explain it is my editor, Hillary Frank. Hey, Andrea. Maybe we, I don't know where this begins. Why don't we just start? Just okay. like tell me, tell me what's going on. Before I start talking with Hillary, I need to take you back in the past to the week Mike and I were getting ready to move in together. That week, Hillary and I recorded a conversation. It was for her parenting podcast, The Longest Shortest Time. And what we did is we recorded a long chat about this phenomenon my friend Holly coined. It's called the reverse timeline. It's basically this. Once a woman decides she wants to have kids, it changes how she dates. She does this backwards math to determine by what age she should be meeting a lifelong partner. So let's look at my life. Let's say I want to have one kid at the age of 37. I'd want to start trying by 36. And I'd want to know this guy at least five years before doing that. And if marriage turns out to be in the plan, you could imagine two years before you get engaged, one year to be engaged, and then two years of being newlyweds. I see this timeline playing out on my friends' Facebook pages all the time. Don't you? So for me, that age was meet him by 30, 31. But for some reason, that whole chat, I couldn't be clear with Hillary about that plan. Here's how she describes it. You kind of froze. I think of you as a person who you're generally pretty forthcoming and you're like not shy around a mic. And I couldn't get anything out of you. And then I remember this question she asked me. It was like a bell going off in my head. I suddenly knew what was holding up my decision. Here's the audio we recorded that day. It was recorded over a year ago. It's in the past. Do you feel like if he had his mind made up, it would be easier for you? Yeah. A hundred percent. Because then I know, yeah, then I know. And you think if he said, I definitely want kids, would you yes. be on board with that? <laughs> yeah, I would be like, great, me too. I've always known this. And that's when I realized that Mike had become so important in my life that I was afraid to say out loud if a kid was in my plan. Because what if it wasn't in his plan? I didn't know his plan. So let's go now to my chat with Hillary. We're back in present day. And I asked her how she and her husband knew about kids. Oh, I've never told this this publicly before. So I always knew I loved babies. I'm a baby person. I will grab the baby and just like hold it and play with it for a very long time. And I think people thought that that meant I wanted a baby. But no, I just have a good time with babies. <laughs> and so I was like, I think I want to be a mom one day, but timing, who knows, you know? Do I really feel like I must have one? I don't, I don't know. Um, and then 
when I was dating the man who was my husband and the father of my child, he came to visit. We were living in Chicago. He came to visit New York with me. My family's here in New York. And my cousin had just had a baby girl. And he did the thing where he was like, give me that baby. I want to hold that baby. (laughs) And it's because he has he's the only child of his parents, but he has a lot of half siblings and they're all much younger than him. And so he grew up with babies around who he was kind of more like an uncle to most of them. And so it was very natural for him to just go in and do this role. And I saw him holding the baby and I was like, this man knows how to hold a baby <laughs> like in a way that I had never seen before in somebody my age. And then your ovaries just dropped 100 yeah, eggs. And... I think so. <laughs> yeah. um, but we didn't. I mean, after that, we didn't actually have a baby for many years. We were always like, must get careers in order before we do this. And the careers were not in order when we did it. And I think it was just like I got to a certain age and and like in my early 30s and was seeing friends have miscarriages. And I was like, I don't want to wait so long that we don't even know what our fertility situation is. And then it could be too late to really figure it out. So by the time I was 32, I was like, let's just start trying. If the career stuff will happen at some point, let's just let's just do this. And it felt so scary, but it felt like the thing we had to do. I'm amazed by how many people get married without knowing. It's like a scary thing to talk about because it can end in a breakup. I think we were so unsure that we would even get to the point of having to make that decision that we didn't feel like we had to talk about it. And we went on to live together without really having that conversation. So all I had in my head were these two little half conversations that we'd had over the course of dating. And the first one, we were at a bar and I said, let's just talk about it. Do you want to have kids someday? And he's like, I think I'd like to be a father to a son. And he could picture himself playing ball with the son, being the assistant coach on a team. And that was a really cool image. And I was thinking, that's my plan. I'll have one son someday. Then we were on vacation and we saw a kid learning how to snorkel with his dad. And Mike kind of looked at me and said, oh, it'd be fun to teach a kid how to swim. So now I'm picturing our son and he's playing baseball with Mike and we're taking him on vacation with us and teaching him how to swim. I'm just going to break in here and give you guys some more details. I hear from a lot of couples that the way they talk about the kid decision can be in these little asides. So I remember taking these little stories and giving them a lot of weight in my mind. They were all I knew about where Mike was coming from. Until this night, when we were out to dinner for our second anniversary. And we're sitting right in front of some birthday cake. I don't know why. It's like a kid's birthday cake like my mom used to make with white frosting and like rainbow sprinkles. And it's a fancy Italian restaurant. Local Brooklyn actors are often seen at, but it's like this very childish birthday cake. And we're sitting right in front of it. And we kind of sit down excitedly. We know we're going to order it. Like the cake, where is the cake? It's like behind a. We're like sitting at the bar. Okay. Yeah. And it's like right on the other side of the bar. Okay. It's probably not an essential detail at all. I just know it was like all I could stare at because we were sitting there talking and very casually, Mike says, Oh, yeah, I 
figured out my decision on the kid thing. Definitely never want to have kids. He just said it out of the blue like that. Yeah, it hadn't registered to him that it was almost him telling us we were breaking up. Had you ever expressed to him that you really wanted a kid? I liked having it on the table for a thing that I could think about, but I hadn't. I hadn't been as clear with him up until then. So for him saying that, he had no idea that it was going to hit me like that. Mm-hmm. So what did you say? I mean, I think it's just one of those moments where you just know it's over. Yeah. I tried to tell him about the snorkeling. <laughs> You just know that that fantasy is like that whole plan is. just not going to happen. You can't convince someone to have a kid with you. Not if they don't want to. There's nothing I could say. I could. I mean, I could have tried to spend all night just being like, what about baseball? What about snorkeling? What about being a family? And I would say things like, well, what are we going to, what goes in that place? But if you don't want to have a kid, you don't need something to go in that place. Like, I'm the only one who felt like something would be empty. Is that the moment when you realized that you wanted it? Yeah. Yeah, I want to make birthday cake for someone. (laughs) Is that why the birthday cake stood out to you? Like well, it, cause it, it was looks just like... sad because we were like celebrating our anniversary and then the cake comes out and it's just like there's nothing to celebrate anymore. Oh, you had ordered the cake. Yeah, it was on and, the way. Yeah. By the end of the dinner, had you decided that you were going to end it? At that moment in my life, he was the person who knew me better than anyone. I was closer to him than every member of my family. We had an apartment we loved together. We... My dog loves him. You know, we had this life that I'd never been happier. So how do you step out of that for this vague idea of having a son someday? I didn't want to have to know that I wanted it that bad yet. Is that the longest relationship you've ever been in? I don't know if the length of time matters. I think it's I've never met another person that I loved as much, like on this whole planet. What did you love about him? Um, I don't know. I think I'm just like spending all my time trying not to think about those things. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you, why, why do you want the audience to know about this? This whole summer, I was really excited to do this show while in a relationship. But now, All the anxiety of being single is coming back, and now it's my job to talk about what it is to be single is how it feels. Yeah. So, Hillary, I want to propose a new show for us. (laughs) (laughs) Can YOY become a show about whales? (laughs) We'll just, like, go out on some boats. We'll check out whales. I'll study some whale songs. Um, Perfect. (laughs) Because it's too too much. You are in control, my friend. <laughs> you can decide what's material and what's not. You can choose when you're willing to feel vulnerable on your own show because that's empowering. 
but feeling like you have to show every moment where you're vulnerable is not empowering. So you got to pick and choose. What about this moment? I was filling out a form and it said reason for moving. <laughs> and I just wrote in all caps, my boyfriend doesn't want to have kids with me. You did that. <laughs> I erased it. <laughs> That's pretty good material. My last night in our old apartment, you told me you'd signed up again for Tinder. Because, and I tried to fill in your sentence here, you wanted to know if you could ever feel this way again? No, you told me. I wanted to see if I still had it. Oh, right. Here inside my new apartment, I restarted my old Tinder account. I swiped no on everyone until I found you. Your face, your smile, the shirt you chose to wear. It took a long time, but I made my decision. That's it for today's show. Our show's edited by Hillary Frank. Get her podcast, The Longest Shortest Time. Our producer is Lindsay Cradwell. Our theme music is by Andy Miklas and Casey Holford. Our logo changes every week. You can thank Teddy Blanks for that. He's at chips.nyc. Teddy also provided a song this week. Thanks. We also used a song by Neezy23 called The Departure. The song behind me is also Creative Commons. It's by Mr. Juan. Both songs are available on the Free Music Archive. That's freemusicarchive.org. Last week on the show, we debuted an amazing new ad song done custom for the show by Lee Rosifer. You can find his website at happypuppyrecords.ca. And a quick business note. Last week on the show, we made sure you were listening. There's a reveal in there about the frequency and the contents of the ads that were showing up. But that explainer didn't show up until the episode was almost over. Some of you didn't make it that far. The iTunes reviews and emails you sent me, we get that you didn't get it or you got it and it just wasn't your thing. I hear you. YY is about dating and relationships, but there's this other thing that we're doing. We're trying to blur real and fake stories. It's how I make the show feel exciting to me. So thank you so much for coming along while we do experiments like the one we tried last week. Oh, and this episode, it was all real. Also, thanks to Nate DeMeo for a piece of advice that worked its way in here, and my friend Hollywood for coining the phrase reverse timeline. She's tweeting up a brilliant storm at Girls It Blocked. Next time on YOY, we explain why gray whales like to do it in threes. Mm. Mm. Mm.